Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to see y'all this morning, and I am so thankful the, to know that y'all are here, and I want to just say a special thank you again to the Sunday School teachers, because today is New Hope's Sunday School Teacher Appreciation Day. So I just want, if you didn't get a chance to thank your Sunday School teacher, um, please do that before you leave, and every week of the year, not just one. But um, we are so thankful for all they do every Sunday and throughout the week for us in our classes. One announcement. So the Fall Festival is coming up really soon, and there's something a little different this year for the Fall Festival. The Trunk or Treat will be called the Gospel Walk. I'm going to unofficially call it that, where each trunk will be decorated based on a theme from the Scripture. And it will start in creation, and it will go all the way to the very end um, and present the gospel in full in a booklet form. So each person that signs up for a trunk, it will be out there soon, the paper. I'm finalizing the, the themes. We'll sign up for a theme, so creation or the fall of man. And beside the theme, we'll give some ideas on how you can decorate. Um, and I am excited to be able to present the gospel to the community with you all. And I appreciate all that y'all do for the Fall Festival. Last year we had so many trunks, so I really hope that you all sign up again for that. Um, it, it, you will have to sign up so that you can pick a theme because we will not do generic um, decorations. It will be all for this purpose. So please, throughout the week and the next week, sign up for those or call me if you have questions or if you want to pick a theme early. I understand. So thank you for that. And that's all. There's a lot in the bulletin, so please look at everything um, in the bulletin this week. Let's pray. Father God, oh, how beautiful it is today. I'm so thankful for the fall, and I'm so thankful for the coolness and the reminder that the, that the cold is coming and that the hot is right behind us. And I'm just so thankful that you allow us to have such beauty outside in the colors and in the 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 feeling from the wind blowing on us, Lord, and, and this the temperature change is such a reminder of how powerful you are and how you always give us something to look forward to. Whether we enjoy the cold or not, it's always a change, some showing us your power and your love and reminding us that, that there is a new season for everything. And there's a new season in our own lives, and it may not come with your changing of the weather, but Lord, that we embrace new seasons, that we embrace the change in our lives, that we embrace when our jobs change or our family situations change or when really hard times come, that we embrace those and that we see joy in that and that we present ourselves in those situations as pleasing followers of you, Lord. I'm so thankful for this family in this room. I pray over them, Lord. And Pastor Russ, as we begin to experience worship with you this beautiful morning, and I just pray that you will humble us so that we can see our life and our choices and our thoughts clearly as you see them. In the good and the bad, Lord, that we acknowledge where we're lacking and what we need to do better in for you, Lord. <coughs> where we're not lining up with your scripture, where we're not, our lives aren't mimicking you, Lord. I pray that we notice that in ourselves and that we come to you in true and honorable worship that is pleasing unto you, Lord. How great you are. 
how great is your creation and, and the life that you give us and the life of all of those around us. I pray for those that are outside of these walls that they will feel your power through us as we leave here and not in a negative way because of stereotypes that we have unfortunately set on ourselves, Lord, but that they will see us as New Hope members, as a light in the community and a joy to come into businesses and places, Lord. Oh, we love you so much, Father. And it's in your holy name that we pray. Amen.
give glory to His name. Amen. Praise His holy name this morning. Thanking Him for the blood of Jesus. Amen. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Is God's forgiveness and how we, how we come about God's forgiveness. Have you ever asked yourself the question, have I been too bad for God's forgiveness? Have I been too bad for God's forgiveness? Will God really forgive me for all the sins that I've committed? And can I ever be really, truly free from the guilt that I have from sin? Or, or have I committed the unpardonable sin? Well, I've got good news for you. Your Heavenly Father, your loving, gracious, merciful Heavenly Father will indeed forgive you of your sins, of all of your sin. Listen to this. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-11. through 11. He, he lays out just a, a some of the sins that we know of today. Of course, they were still sins at the time of Paul's writing. But he, he lists a partial list of, of sins. He says, Do you not know that, that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. That's a pretty broad list, isn't it? And he's telling this to believers in the church of Corinth. And he goes on to say in verse 11, he says, and that is what some of you were. So he's itemizing. He's saying this person, you know, this was what was going on in the church. He said, this is what some of you were. This is the lifestyle that some of you were living. But, but, praise God for the but, right? But you were washed. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of your God. You were washed in the blood of Jesus. Amen. And all of those sins were washed away. All of the, you were made white as snow. Just as some of you were, all of these sinful people and living in this lifestyle, now you've been washed and changed into a new person. We find in that passage three truths that we can pull from that, or at least three. But, but Paul gives an example of sin that was going on in the lives of the people, that are still going on in the lives of people today. Granted, it's not an exhaustive list, but a very broad list indeed. And all that to say is that wrong is wrong and sin is sin in God's eyes. And that is what separates us from God in eternal life. It also tells us that, <clears throat> that sin is a lifestyle or, or a mindset. Sin isn't just something we, we do or choose to do, but it's part of who we are from birth. That, that sin nature is born into us from birth. And then he goes on to tell us that that, that all types of sin can be forgiven. Wherever you are, whatever your background is, wherever you are today, he is saying regardless of what you're involved in, that sin can be forgiven. 
it can be forgiven. Uh, again, look at the variety of, of sin that, that were involved there. And, and in verse 11, it says that some of you were. Some of you were. But it goes on to remind them that they're no longer who they used to be. They've been washed in the blood. They're a new creation. They're a new people. They've been forgiven. They're a new creation in Christ. Their old life is gone. Their new life has come. Thanks be to God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. And because of that blood that, that, forgives, that forgives us, we have that opportunity to live a new life and, and have eternal life in Christ Jesus. And so Paul goes on to here say, that's the way you are. Now take heed, you're not that anymore. Praise God for forgiveness. Forgiveness is the, the most basic Christian quality that there is. Without forgiveness, we wouldn't have Christianity today as we know it. <clears throat> Without God's forgiveness, we would all be condemned to hell and a life of eternal separation from God. Thanks be to God for His forgiveness. What is forgiveness, though? Sometimes we have difficulty forgiving other people, don't we? And we're going to talk about that extensively next week. But what is forgiveness? Well, forgiveness means to, to dismiss or to release or to let go or to abandon. We think about when a judge drops the charges against you. You're not guilty. There's no penalty to pay for what charges were, were brought on you. Or maybe your, your loan is forgiven. What happens when, you're, when your loan is forgiven? You don't have to repay the debt. Your debt is erased. Your debt is taken off the books. You know, back in the old days, what, 30 years ago is the old days now? And, and, and the accounting was done on paper, you know? And, and when that debt was erased, you literally had to take a, an eraser to it and, and erase it off, and, and it was gone. And it didn't show up anymore. But praise God that nothing is beyond God's forgiveness. No sin is too bad, too great, or too awful. No person is, is too mean, too dangerous, or, or too evil. There's no person that's too far gone or beyond the reach of Jesus Christ. Amen? And you, you might be saying, but, but Russ, what about, Pastor, I know this person here, and there's no one beyond that reach. Do you have in your mind that one person that you might be saying, but pastor, that person. I want you to diligently be or continue praying for that person. That their heart would be open and receptive to God and God reaching into their heart and changing their life. You hear stories all the time. I've prayed and i prayed and i prayed for this person and after years, they came to the Christ. Pray for that person because no one is beyond the reach of Jesus Christ. When we think about Jesus and, and the forgiveness there in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, Jesus is, is hanging on the cross and, and He is hanging on the cross. He forgave those who, who hated Him and, and crucified Him. 
We get mad when people make fun of us and we hold a grudge against them or say something out of the way about us or harm us in some way. And we hold it for years and years. Jesus looking down upon the people that nailed Him to the cross. And what does He say? He said, Father, forget them for they do not know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And in those words it says, and they divided up His clothes by casting lots. They continued. Even though Jesus was seeking forgiveness. He forgave those who who mocked Him and spat upon Him and, and nailed Him to the cross. And folks, if Jesus can forgive them for that, we can forgive those who hurt us in any way that we can ever imagine. Folks, God doesn't forgive us because we, we promise to never sin again or He doesn't forgive us because of our church membership or the amount of money we give to, to the kingdom of God. He doesn't forgive us because we, we ask Him. He doesn't forgive us simply because He's a good God. No, God wants to forgive us. God desires to forgive us. He forgives us out of His unconditional and eternal love for us. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, and following it says, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And this is how God love, uh, showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. We are forgiven because God wants to forgive us. And the Bible is clear throughout Scripture that there's no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. There has to be the shedding of blood for uh, for the forgiveness to take place. We see it in, in Genesis chapter 4 where Cain and Abel bring their sacrifice to God. But it was only the, the, the sacrificial lamb that was acceptable to God. One that was uh, where the blood was shed was acceptable <coughs> to God. In the Mosaic law, blood was shed in order to make an atonement for sin. Jesus Christ the perfect, sacrificial, substitutionary, and all-sufficient atonement for our sin was made on the cross. Jesus gave Himself for every sin of every person. And He took our place on the cross. He died the death that we should have died because of our sinfulness. And because Jesus was perfect, His sacrificial death was sufficient for every and all sins. For every person, for all people. Because Jesus Christ was the perfect sacrifice. When we think about forgiveness, and, and forgiveness is a matter of, of life and death, eternal death. 
Again, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is what? The wages of sin is death. Our sin deserves death, eternal death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise God. You see, the, the gift of God's forgiveness is, is there. It's for, it's for everyone. We just have to accept it and we have to, to receive it. But what does it mean to accept it? We accept it mentally. Uh, that we believe in our mind that what the Bible says about Jesus' life, birth, death, and resurrection is, is true. We, we accept that. The demons accept that. But how do we receive it unto ourselves? It's not just that we accept Jesus, that, that He died on the cross and, and what He did in the cross and the resurrection, but to believe that, that He did it for our forgiveness. Personally. That what He, if, he, if there had been nobody else, that He would have done it for you and you and you and you and you and you. That His death was for me. Can you say that? Jesus' death was for me. For the forgiveness of my sin. It means that we, we confess our sin to God. It means that we accept the Holy Spirit into our life. And it means uh, submitting to the Lordship and the leadership of God in our life. But you see, when we confess our sin, we're saying that we're in agreement with God about what we've done. When we confess our sin, we're agreeing with God that what we've done was wrong, was out of bounds, was against His will. Because think about it, yes, God already knew what we had done before we ever confessed it to Him, right? God already knew. He knew the very instant it happened. He knows everything about us. He knows our thoughts, our, our words, our actions, our deeds, our, our motivations. And so the sin we confess aren't a surprise to Him. We're simply saying, God, you're right. I agree with you. Here's where I went sideways. Here's where I went wrong. If you're a Christian in Romans 8, 1, it says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. In essence, you've already been forgiven, past, present, and future. But we still are called to, to confess those sin to God in order to come in agreement with Him. Again, so what's the point of confessing? It allows us, it allows us to come to grips with, in our own hearts, with what we've done, what we've said, what we've thought, the reasons we did things. It's that confession that's the, the key to forgiveness. And if we don't go into the confession, then, then we can't be released from the guilt in our life, from the guilt of the sin in our life. And that confession makes way for restoration and, and reconciliation with God. But it's because of God's unconditional love that He's already forgiven us. But we must confess it and receive it. Again, there's got to be that confession before reconciliation can take place. 
Remember last week we talked about examining our hearts, looking in the mirror and seeing what's really there, being brutally honest with ourselves? Is there something weighing heavy on your heart today? When you look into your heart, when you reflect on your life, when you examine this last week, is there something you need to confess to the Lord? Are we serious about that time of confession in our prayer life, in our, in our devotional life, or is that something we like to skip over? Let me ask you this morning, would you open your heart up to reveal it, to be, be honest with God and say, God, show it to me. Make it known to me. Because if we do, we'll be restored into that full relationship with God. And so he's calling us to regularly examine our hearts. Like the psalmist wrote in, in Psalm 32, verse 5. It says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. You see, the confession is the, as admitting that we're wrong. It's to come to the Lord and say, yes, here is what I did. Here's where I went wrong. And that confession should lead us to repentance. And the repentance comes after confession. Repentance is taking that confession and, and putting it into practice. By doing so, we're in repentance, we're saying, God, I'm, I'm going to change my mind, I'm going to change my heart, I'm going to change my life and, and my behavior. I'm really going to do what I just confessed to what I was doing or not do it anymore. Because you see, when we confess without repentance, it's like saying to the Lord, oh yeah, Lord, I did it. And if we don't repent, that's basically saying, and I might do it again. <laughs> so we need confession and repentance. In essence, repentance validates the authenticity of the confession that we make to God. In Romans 5.17, it says, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused the death to rule over many. But even greater, even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Folks, God's grace is abundant. God's grace is sufficient. We've been singing about it this morning. It's abundant, it's sufficient to cover all of our sin. And that's a bunch, ain't it? That's a bunch just in my life, let alone everybody else's, right? God's grace is sufficient. His blood poured enough to cover all of our sins. It's by grace that we can choose right from wrong and good from bad. Through that confession and repentance, we're, we're coming more in alignment with God's will and trying to live a life more like Christ each and every day. At the very beginning of, of Jesus' ministry, we find John the Baptist in Mark chapter 1, verse 4. 
And it says, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. Confession and repentance leads to forgiveness of sin. By His grace, we can live in a repentant lifestyle. But it's a process of continually going back and, and seeking God's grace. Confessing our waywardness. John Stott wrote, <clears throat> He bore the judgment we deserve in order to bring us the forgiveness we don't deserve. On the cross, divine mercy and justice were equally expressed and eternally reconciled. On the cross, divine mercy and justice were equally expressed and eternally reconciled. You see, it's through accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord that the Holy Spirit begins to, to teach us how to accept forgiveness and begin the process of, of forgiving other people. Again, Jesus nailed to the cross, hanging on the tree of Calvary, blood dripping from His hands and feet, running down the cross, listening to the verbal smears from those who hated Him and crucified Him, looked down on them and said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. That same forgiveness is for me and you today. Maybe the best way to summarize this message about God's amazing grace and God's tremendous gift of salvation and eternal life and forgiveness is found in Ephesians 1.7. And it says, God is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, and forgave all of our sins. I want you to highlight that verse in your Bible. God is so rich in, in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, and forgave all of our sin. Folks, that gift is free. It's, it, it's yours today. It's yours today if you'll accept it and receive it. Is there something maybe in your life today that you've been thinking about or, or, or contemplating that maybe you believe is unforgivable in your life? Maybe we're going back decades. Maybe we're going back days. But God offers that forgiveness. Let me ask you, are, are you living today in complete freedom? In total forgiveness? God wants us to be on our knees in confession and opening our heart up to Him with a repentant heart, desiring to be more and more like Him. And this morning, I just want to ask you, you know, what is God challenging you to do spiritually in your life this week? Is it watching the way we treat people, the way we talk to people, the way we act or react? 
Is there something in, in our life that we're dealing with, that we struggle with? God wants us to bring that and confess it to Him. Showing our, our true authenticity of that confession and, and determining to, to change our life through a different lifestyle, a different approach in life. Folks, God's forgiveness is there. It's for everybody, for all time. All we have to do is receive it. Accept it and receive it. Will you do that today? From the God who died on the cross for each one of us, who God raised from the dead to prove that Jesus was God's Son, to prove that He could indeed forgive our sin, to prove that He could indeed offer us eternal life. That is the God that's calling out to us today. How are you going to respond to Him? Let's pray together. Almighty God, we we can't imagine the horror that You went through for the saving of our souls. And yes, Lord, we, we hold grudges and we hold things against people and don't let it go. We're just so glad that you don't. Because we know today that if you did, we would have no hope of eternal life. And so God, we're thankful today for the freedom that comes in forgiveness. But God, we also know that we're all sinful people and the wages of sin is death. God, we're all sinful people. And because of that, there are things that need to be confessed to You, Lord. And so, Father, reveal to us what that is. And may we not sit quietly in Your presence. But Lord, that you would hear our hearts as we cry out to you for forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, and thank you for the reconciliation that comes through that so that we can have eternal life with you. In Christ's name we pray, amen.